Revelation 16, beginning in verse 17, he says, The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. There were noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had not occurred since men were on the earth. And the great city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. So every island fled away, and the mountains were not found, and the great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since the plague was exceedingly great. We're going to stop there. And we're talking about these seven bowls as, as God is pouring out judgment on, the, uh, on this one entity that we've talked about. Um, what does this language make you think of? And I, I just as a note here, uh, obviously we don't have a, uh, any PowerPoints this week because I had no internet access, so I, was, I didn't even have cell phone access. <laughs> so, uh, unless I stood way out at the tip of the dock. That was about the only place I could get a signal if I wanted one. But uh, So, uh, what does this kind of make you think about as we just kind of initially read it? Does it anything jump to your mind? <clears throat> the earth utterly shaken. It makes you, doesn't it make you almost think of the final judgment? That's where, you know, it, it has some of that language. Um, the problem is that when, much like some of these other things, we, we still see events coming after it. Um, and much like we saw previously with the last verse in this section, it says, men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. So I know that this can't be the final judgment because when God judges the earth, there's going to be no blasphemy. When God comes and does whatever he's going to do at the end, and whatever that's going to look like, some of the kids were, they had a kids class at the, uh, I wasn't teaching it, but, but uh, they were like, how is God going to be visible to everybody when he comes back? You know, there's a curvature of the earth, you know, there's, you know, like, how is God going to do that? So, so, you know, you can see these kids' minds really working. You're like, um, so, so anyway, whatever that's going to look like, Men are gonna, uh, not going to blaspheme God at that point in time. So, so this is talking about something before. It's talking about judgment of what? Or who? Or what entity? It talks about Babylon the Great. And that's what we've been talking about. There's going to be some judgment that that does this thing, and we talked about the, the, the three frogs and all that, right, uh, if you remember, that, that this entity was one of those that was going to kind of work almost in concert uh, to try to uh, bring oppression upon Christianity. And we've really seen, I think, the beginnings of that is, is where we're at. And so, so a lot of this stuff, I have no idea what this means. Right? I, I really don't have much of... Once we get into present time and, and future, it's, it's kind of pointless to try to predict some of these things. Right? A lot of people make a lot of predictions. 88 reasons why God is coming in 1988. You remember that? Right? I, just, I just remember I was in, I was in 
I was a sophomore or junior in high school, and I just remember seeing that under everybody's, you know, someone went through our parking lot at church that Sunday and put these, these pamphlets underneath everybody's windshield wipers. Like, okay, well, that's, that's kind of come and gone. I don't know where those people are who published that. Um, but we have some language that's interesting. Uh, it's similar to really Matthew's final judgment, but, but these are things that pertain before the end. There's a, a city divided. Uh, when a city is divided, what are we talking about just in general? What's that? Separation. Okay, separation. Divided it falls. Okay, divided it falls. There's different ideas. There's, there's, there's conflicts going on. Um, it can be, uh, likely it's going to be a reference to something political that, or that at least involves political things. Um, and, uh, and we have uh, a blasphemy uh, that is referenced here. So, so again, we see, much like we've seen in previous times, that, that there's going to be a strong anti-God uh, reaction to whatever's going on here. Uh, and again, that, that certainly sounds like a lot of what or is beginning to uh, happen right now. Uh, the end is in view, even if it is not the end now. Certainly, it seems as we're, we're kind of getting close to the end of Revelation, we're getting close to at least the major events that are going to shape the world. God's got a little bit of stuff left to happen. He has a great earthquake such as never has happened before. What is an earthquake? An event. Okay. Okay. A shaking. Foundation. All right. And we've talked about these shifts in the structure of the world as we know it. Right. There's, there's, there's been a great shift. So we saw an earthquake when when Rome fell. That was a great shift in in the world. Like, you see, uh, well, there was one when when the secular power of Rome was defeated. Constantine. Right. Shifted the world from the world as you know it against God to, to the, the religion of Rome being Christian, right? Or loosely Christian, um, even if it had some doctrinal errors. It was like, that's a major shift. So he says, this is going to be a major shift. There's going to be a world that is, you know, maybe unrecognizable to you. To, from what, you know, there's going to be a generation. If it's not us, there's a generation coming up after us somewhere. It could be 100 years down the road, 300, I don't know. But there's going to be a generation that rises, and, and whatever they're born into is not going to be what they die with. It, it's going to look completely different. Right? Um, so, so that's coming at some point in time. I, I can't say as though um, I, I see a completely different world from, from what I was born into. I mean, there's differences, right? New normal. Uh, but... But I wouldn't say I've, I've experienced a shift like that. Um, I know in the Old Testament, the first time we even hear about an earthquake, it was God's judgment mm -hmm. against someone who stole uh, something from A. Yeah, okay. They were defeated there. Sure. Um, so it is a change. It is a judgment okay. that God gives. Okay. Uh, and and I, not not to say that all earthquakes are, but God. Right, but we read we went through Job, and and one of the things God says in, in Job was that He uses nature to punish nations. Right, it's like 
So I, I use all these things. I use snow. I use hail. I use I, I use anything. We see again here weather events, you know, pictured. Whether they're going to be actual hailstones or not, I, I doubt. But but we see that reference to it because they understood those concepts. They they got this idea. God uses weather, so so God's using judgment. Uh, he's using these pictures to reference, like you say, his judgment. Uh, so the great city. We come to the great city, Babylon, the great. Uh, Babylon is a symbol of what? Power and, and sin and okay. debauchery. And okay. What else? Arrogance. Arrogance, yes. Oh, yes. <coughs> and slavery, when you think of the Babylonian captivity. I mean, that, that's a, just a phrase that just jumps to your mind. Right? So, so, so we have all these things, this... this you know, whatever perversions and, and everything, and, and then you get the, the, the slavery of God's people uh, mixed into it, and we've, we've referenced this. Um, and so, uh, as, as the papacy, and, and I try to, again, I always repeat, I try to draw a distinction. We are going to reference the Catholic Church today uh, as not just the papacy, not just the people who run things from the top. And we're going to address it from a different perspective. Uh, and so it says, he talks about a division within Babylon the Great um, and, and that this is going to lead to the downfall. Uh, we could speculate. Well, it's okay to speculate. Right? Um, that there's going to be some sort of political division within this entity. Like, can anybody think, see signs of that? If, if we're talking about Catholicism, can you think of any divisions? We've got divisions now because mm-hmm. of the uh, priests and the young boys, as okay. well as him beginning to shift and change uh, okay. views on marriage. And okay. So, uh, here, what, about two weeks ago, uh, senators. Um, sent a letter to the American College of uh, or committee or whatever they're called of, of, of Catholic bishops because there's talk of forbidding communion for any politician that is pro-abortion. And now all of a sudden you've got a segment of of, of there's an idea that American bishops are going to break away from the regular Catholic Church because they want to be a little bit more progressive. There's political pressure being put on them. That's that's one division. That would that would be one division. You know, you have this over here, and, and there's there's all sorts there's rumblings of things, right? A little pre-earthquake tremors, possibly. Again, this is speculation. It might have nothing to do. This might just kind of settle out, and, and God might be thinking of something 500 years down the road. I, I don't know. And so I'm not going uh, to put any weight into my speculation, but I'm just saying these are the types of things that, that could be going on. Uh, if that's the case, then, then God is getting ready. That, that's good news. Because... That comes, that earthquake comes before this entity is done with. And God says, I have put up with the nonsense for centuries, for millennia. Right? And so these earthquakes, 
are, are, are coming. He says the islands and the mountains are going to flee. What are islands and mountains? And have we seen these before? Islands and mountains fleeing. Okay, we, we saw it in chapter 6 when, when, um, when Constantine was on his conquest. When he, was, when he was going around, and that was when the sun and moon and stars fell. We talked about all the... There were six emperors at one time, and one by one he started picking them off and, until he was the only one left. And, uh, and in, that same, in that same text, he's talking about the, 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 the islands and the mountains fleeing. Right? So obviously you can't get rid of islands and mountains more than once. Right? Uh, so, so this is not talking about the end of the world. This is talking about the, the powers and various nations and countries that supported something kind of distancing themselves from an entity that, that looks like, you know, like, like rats from a sinking ship. Right? We don't want to be associated with that anymore. And we've seen some of that already. We, we've seen kind of a shrinking away of, of religion. Now, there are still a lot of, of, of heavily Catholic uh, countries, if you think of it that way. In fact, a lot of them are in, in South America, are, are some of the most, you know, Brazil and, and various ones are some of the most heavily, you know, and, and, and Catholic. Uh, but you're seeing in a, in a lot of places a distancing from religion, period, uh, of any type, uh, a more secular world. And so, hail, what's hail? Mm -hmm. Okay, we've, we've talked about judgment. Calamity. Calamity. Their mind would probably be drawn directly to, like, like all of these are, uh, uh, not all of them, but a lot of these are, uh, bring you back to the idea of the, the, the plagues of Egypt and, and, and hail, yeah, sir, like the, the fire from heaven. It kind of, like this great judgment coming down. And, and to imagine, you know, these huge hailstones, it's like God risk just the massive damage, right, that is, that is done. So there's going to be damage. There's going to be, um, there's going to be collateral damage. We, we might not like that part of it, right? And that's, I think, why it gets into... Men are blaspheming. There's, there's, there's going to be people that blame God for this stuff. Um, instead of using, like, he's, like we see so many times through, through this chapter, instead of using these things as an opportunity to repent and, and to reflect on our lives, uh, instead of you know, doing that, people blame God. Right? Uh, and we still, we, one of the things you, you talk about when you're talking with a non-Christian, well, if there's a God, what? Why does he allow this to happen? Why does he allow this to happen? See, this, this question goes on and on and on. And it's been around for a long time. It's not just now. Why does God allow these things to happen? Uh, so, we're going to get into chapter 17 now. Uh, one of the seven angels who had seven bowls, talked with me and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth commit fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Now, a lot of these pictures are we've already looked at. Right? So we're not going to go into detail on all of them. We're just going to kind of pick out some, some new ones and, and, and see, since we've kind of placed who this entity is. We want to look at the fulfillment of it. 
So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abomination and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead was uh, a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, and I saw her, and I marveled with great amazement. And the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw... This is going to get really confusing. I had to read this like 30 times to try to place this in my head. Uh, the beast that you saw it was, is not, and it will descend out of the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they see the beast that was... It is not, and yet it is. Okay, confused? Good. Here we go. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are seven, oh, they are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. When he comes, he will be here for a short time. The beast that was, it is not, is himself also the eighth, and is or belongs to the seven. He's going to destruction. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but they have received authority for one hour as kings with the beast. And these are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war with the lamb. The lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings, and those who are with him are called and are chosen and faithful. And he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, and nations, and tongues. The ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot. And they will make her desolate and naked and eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And then the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. All right. We're not going to do this in order. We're going to do this and try to do this in the order of easiest to understand and build some building blocks, right? Because it is freely confusing. It is. Yeah. No. Uh, so we'll, we'll take this in, um, in bits. Um, we recognize, don't we, some numerous landmarks that have already been established. References to uh, the horns and the heads. So we, we, we know we've already kind of identified some of this a number of times. Um, even in Daniel, uh, we, we recognize the, the, the connection, some connection to a city, which is Rome. I think that's been fairly established. So an entity that reigns over the earth. It's present tense. Now, a lot of this stuff is present tense when John writes it. That's important to look at what's present tense. What is and what isn't isn't talking about now in, in 2021. It, it's talking about in 96 AD, there were things that were, there are things that aren't, there are things that will be. Right? Th those, are, those are important 
for us to understand what's being talked about. Um, so, um, there's a beast that was killed and then it's going to be revived. And we've talked about the reinvention of the Roman Empire into the, the Catholic Church. That, that Catholic structure borrows from, from their structure. And we talked about Latinus, and we're going to talk about him a little bit more. Um, why that Latinus, that, that 666, why that was an important reference. And it's going to kind of come back to that now. Uh, so there's a lot of references that we, we can simply, we, we know we're on the right path. We're, we're barking up the right tree, so to speak. Uh, so let's look at the beast, the ten horns. We talked about those ten seats of power. He says they don't have authority yet. They're not in existence yet when John writes it. They're going to come in existence and they're only going to be around for a short period of time. All right? They're going to have authority. Does, has anyone heard of the Heruli? No. Has anyone heard of the Burgundy? Right? Those don't exist anymore. The Franks don't even exist. And they lasted the longest. Anglo-Saxons, we don't talk about the Anglo-Saxons. Right? England, that's kind of close. But we don't talk about it. We don't know where the Saxons are. Who are they? Well, <laughs> where did they go? None of them. None of them exist anymore. But these are the groups that divided up the Roman Empire when she fell. They're coming. They're going to have just a little bit of power. Just a, an hour. It's like, it's like they're going to be here. We, we say it now. Oh, he was here for a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. uh, just, that's it. And that's it. Um, so that's the, the, the seats of power. They were controlled by the Catholic Church, all of them. Europe was Catholic. And they did what she wanted. Why? He talks about an influence. They were drunk. A lot of drink, drinking going on in this chapter. Didn't you notice? They were drunk with the... With, they were just intoxicated with what she brought to the table. Right? The, the, the riches and the wealth. Uh, almost all of your conquest of, of the new worlds was, was funded... By, by the Catholic Church, uh, some by the Anglican, yeah. but, but it, was, it was largely the Catholic Church that was trying to, uh, uh, and we talked about the split over Russia, right? That was, that was over conquest, that, that was over money, really, it was what that was a church split over. And these nations got intoxicated because wealth came to them by their connection with this. And, and what happened? What, what did the Catholic Church use for this wealth? What did Martin Luther write about? What was his big subject? The 95 Theses were about. Well, he, he, he criticized the, you know, one of the, he was a, he was, he was a monastic type of mm -hmm. priest, if you will. And when he saw the, when he saw the decadence of, of the Vatican, when he saw the, the well, everything was embroidered and, you know, yep. laid in gold and, you know, these people were wearing, like, clothes that were, you know, for nobles. And, right. And he, he felt like, you know, that they weren't called to be wealthy. They were right. called to be like right. Jesus. Was, right. You know. Sure. The indulgences. The indulgences. <laughs> a, a, a selling salvation. You get a piece of paper that gets you out of so many years of purgatory. 
for giving money to build the Sistine Chapel or to build whatever. Like this is perversion of the gospel. That's why this is called adultery. And and there were nations that went along with it and enforced it. God says he will for a little time. Then you'll despise it. You're going to hate it. And she was drunk too. She was drunk on what? Well, it said on uh, 17, it said with the blood of the saints. Okay, so she got drunk. You get drunk with power. It's intoxicating when you can just make somebody do something. It's intoxicating. Have we not seen that? Uh, I was talking. I was up at camp, and a guy's from Canada, and now he's an American citizen, so he came down to camp. He said it's going to be a little bit of a fun trip getting back into the Canada, where you know where his family is, and where. Uh, but they couldn't keep me out of America, and so they weren't going to keep me away from camp. That's his tradition. Uh, but he said uh, they had a they had a preacher up there that. He, that they followed him around in a helicopter till they found out where he was meeting underground with his church. You know, like not underground, but in a private location, because they had fenced off. They literally put a fence around the church building, and they, they got the wind that there was. They were meeting somewhere, so he followed them and arrested the, the group. He said. He said. Um, he said he and his mother. He goes over to his mother's house and they take communion and, and sing some songs. He said he could be arrested for that. Now, if they could watch a soccer game, it would be no problem. But because they're worshiping, it's illegal. I was just wondering, is that because of COVID restrictions? Yes, yes. But, no, that's what they've used. That's what they've used. But they're drunk on power. They... They, they're into, it's intoxicating when you can just tell people not to do stuff. And you have a certain thing you don't like which is Christianity, <clears throat> you get to do that because you have power behind you. And that was that was what was going on through the Dark Ages. And today in Canada. And, uh, and, and not just Canada. Okay. I mean, Canada is one example, but, but it's all over the place. It, it, it's been to a lesser extent here, but it was here as well. We got a, just a little taste of it. Uh, so the next time you think the world is... You know, so horrible here. Just consider that you could move to Canada. Right? <laughs> um, well, we come to the seven heads. What are the seven heads? He says there's actually multiple meanings for this. What's the first meaning of the seven heads? It's pretty simple. Huh? Oh, that's the second one. The seven heads are seven hills. Do you know what the name of Rome is? City on seven hills. The Aquinine, and there's there's names of seven hills. Anybody at this time, in John's time, reading this knows, boom, city of seven hills, Rome. This is Rome. Their attention is drawn to it. So he's, ident- he's giving identifying factors in code so they know what he's talking about. All right, it's a city on seven hills, but that's not really what they are. He's drawing their attention there. Because now he gets into their seven kings. Five have been, one is, 
and one is coming. Now, it, it can't be actual kings because there were a lot more rulers. I mean, we went through, what, one century that had 30 of them, right? So, so let's change things up a little bit. Let's say he's just potentially talking about types of government. Rome had seven different types of government. They began around 1181 B.C. with Latinus. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Um, and they just had simple monarchs, just like every other place on earth had a king, right? just a simple king. And that lasted until Rome was built. Rome wasn't, they called it the Latin kingdom, right? after Latinus, the first, the first monarch. Until 753, Rome was built, Romulus and Remus and all that, whether they existed or not. And then they went to what was called a, uh, a monarchical republic. And I, I don't know exactly how that worked. I don't know what the difference was, but there was some sort of election of monarchs of some sort, some sort of representation. Um, then they, that lasted until 336. So we're at the third one. And they went. They elected every year. They elected um, two praetors. They call it a praetorian. We heard of the praetorian guard in the Bible. So they had a praetorian government that lasted. Uh, or excuse me, uh, that lasted until 336. Uh, then they went to a consular government. One consular was elected. He's almost, but he was elected by who? The Senate. So the Senate kind of worked with this dictated, and that went up through uh, Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar wanted a little bit more. Right? And, uh, then it, they started with the triumvirate. Right? The triumvirate ruled. That was short-lived. <laughs> um, his, um, his son, Octavian, oh, changed his name or changed his title from Caesar to Augustus and began, he killed off the other triumvirates or deposed them. I can't remember if he killed them or just got rid of them one way or the other. And he became the first emperor. This is the sixth one. John lived under the emperors. So there's five that have been, one is the emperors. And that's going to go through the end of 476, uh, and there's one yet to come. There were there were different types of monarchs and things. But they were they were from different nations and various things until the Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne becomes the first Holy Roman Emperor, and 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 the Franks are actually the governors of Europe, and, and it's a Catholic one. Right? And so all these things are tied in. These are where God is trying, uh, Christ is trying to draw our attention to. This is interesting. This is different. So uh, it goes to destruction. It, it's not going to last. So we come to the woman. The woman and the beast. Who is the woman? There's a lot of aspects of this that are similar to the beast, really. We're, we're really they're not separate entities. They're, they're just different types of characteristics of one thing. Uh, I believe that the, 
the aspect of the beast is, is the, the reference to the secular power. Right? Rome, the, the secular... The Catholic Church? Well, I, I think it's connected to it, and I think it's the religious aspect of this power, where, where the beast is really the secular the enforcement of things. Right? She is the abomination. She's the one doing all the abomination. Right? The, the beast is this, this iron tooth, and, and Daniel is pictured as a beast with iron teeth. It's, it, it's, it's the one that you know, enforces all of these things, that, that, that political power that's used in, up into the, the Franks, so all the government aspect of things. But, but she is the, the perversion. She is a harlot. What is harlotry in the Bible? Okay, so prostitution, but but used metaphorically, what is it a reference to? Okay, idolatry. It it, it was introducing something foreign, right? What is it in in a marriage? Actually, it's introducing a foreign substance into your marriage. Like this doesn't belong here, right? It's is considered adultery, right? We talk about something being adulterated. Like some of you might adulterate your tea with sugar. Right? You, you introduce a substance that doesn't belong there. That's my, my perspective. <laughs> but, but, whatever, but you get the idea. You, you, introduce, you introduce something that's not supposed to be there and it changes the relationship of something. It becomes something different. And, and, and that's this picture of adultery and, and fornication. And God says the, the, the idolatry changes the nature of, of religion in the Old Testament. And he's like, this is the same thing. The, this, this influence in, in religion is changing. Uh, the, we, I don't have the PowerPoint, but we do have a little bit of... Uh, if you still have this folded up in your Bible, if not, go and look at this. The introduction of doctrines through time that... that Produce the the Catholic Church, really, uh, to to look through. Uh, if not, there's a couple left over here. Um, infant baptism. Uh, it is it is Augustine that introduces Calvinism. <laughs> Calvin didn't introduce Calvinism. Augustine did. Right? Um, he fleshed it out. Calvin fleshed it out. Uh, celibacy enforced. Uh, we talked about the indulgences. There's praying to the saints. There's all these things. There's there's a couple dozen of these things, and, and we could probably go on more than these. These are just some significant. The worship of Mary. Right, over and over, these these things are introduced, and they're largely introduced to keep a people relics, to to keep a people addicted to her power in giving her money. Everybody's drunk. These are the abominations. She's robed in scarlet. What book do you think of? Remember, scarlet letter. Adultery. Right? It's, it's the, the color of that, that crimson, that red, that, that it, it, the Bible uses it. Though my sins be as scarlet, he shall make them whiter than snow. It, 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 just the, the, every picture is drawing us to spiritual perversion, the perversion of Christ's pure religion that He gave us. 
the last thing she is called what what is another part of her title she is the who okay right the great city okay the mother of harlots how is she the mother of harlots if we've identified what harlotry is and it's introducing perverse doctrines into the world how is she the mother of it a, a, a mother of many harlots just pull out your little thing there again. Yeah. Can you see the harlotry? Can you see what comes and branches off? As churches, well-meaning, branch off from her, each one with their own doctrine. And Calvinism fleshes out Augustinianism and, and various ones... Uh, and you can just go through the branches and the branches and the branches of Protestantism and the various things that they taught. Each one with their own new... And, and then you've got the cults, right? The Christian cults like Mormonism. Those are branches of, of Protestantism. Jehovah's Witness and the, the Assembly's Guide. And you've got the, you got the Pentecostalism. The Pentecostalism was in the Catholic Church. It, it was as early as... Put my glasses on. Uh, as early as 135 A.D., it was starting to be introduced into the church. It was some, one of the things that kind of ends up producing, really even before the Catholic Church exists, as an entity, the seeds are there. And, and it forms, and then boom. And so we have all those branches, the assemblies of God, and the, and the this, and the that, and the others. And... and it's very difficult. You, you can't put that all back in the box. And so, so she becomes the mother of harlotry. Right? We, we've spent a lot of time talking about the Catholic Church. And we also need to talk about the Protestants. God doesn't spend a ton of time on it. But it's there. Protestantism has just as many evils. Mm-hmm. And in terms of... Uh, di- there's just tons of them. God wants pure doctrine. We're going to close with with a, just a couple of things of application. Kind of one of the things that we've seen through the, the last few um, is, is this idea that, that people reject God based on what they see. You know, they, these things happen. It says men will not repent. We went through and we saw the reign of terror kind of at the beginning of some of this stuff and men will not repent. Right? And, then, and then God deals with that and, and he, he gives them Napoleon. Right? And, and men will not repent. These are, these are warnings. These are, these are things to repent from. These are, these are punishments for the way that, that my religion has been handled. But they didn't. And where did deism and, and atheism came because the Catholic Church was so pervasive because because she didn't allow for competition. People didn't see anything else. And so they just assumed that what they saw in her was Christianity. 
And when that's all they saw, they rejected it altogether. Because they, they could tell that, that that wasn't what was supposed to be. You just intrinsically know you're not supposed to be killing kids. We just know that. Right? The Albigenses and the Waldenses, we talked about some of that stuff. We just kind of intrinsically know you're not supposed to be doing that. Islam took root because of that as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, over in the East, absolutely. Uh, and, and the Crusades and and and... You know, people are like, man, one's not really much better than the other. Absolutely. So, um, so that influence, we are, we are the only version of Christianity that many people see. And that's important. I, I, I might not murder people, but how I represent what I believe to people, they might reject it altogether. If I don't re- if I don't represent it properly, and I'm not talking about being able to to uh, theologically describe everything, but I'm just talking about lifestyle. I say one thing, and, and I live a completely different way. I, I can completely turn off a, a person. You ever seen a, a person come to, to Christianity and they bring a whole bunch of people with them? Isn't it awesome when you see that? If I turned off one person, I don't know what group of people is behind them that will never believe. I don't know how that God does that and, and, and the Holy Spirit moves, but, but I could be a part of that. It's important for us to remember that. And there's another thing that I want to uh, really, really quick um, get into. I want to read the first four verses of chapter 18 because it kind of transitions into... It, it's still about the fall of Babylon the Great and the final bit of it, but I want to just read this real quick. He says, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven with great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. He cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the Great has fallen, she's fallen, and has become a dwelling place for demons of prisons, for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so that you don't share in her sins, so that you don't receive her plagues. You notice he still calls his people in her. We've talked a lot about her, and and it sounds very derogatory towards what we've, we've talked about the Catholic Church. And this verse is why I don't talk about Catholics. When I, when I talk about the, the, the problems in the papacy or the Catholic Church. I'm, I'm really talking about the abuses of the, the structure, the organization, and the leaders of it. Because God looks at this entity that for, for thousands of years existed, and he still sees his own people in there. There are Christians in there. I don't know who they are. There's still Christians in there, and there can be. We, 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 look at, we, can, we can drive down, oh, you know, that group over there. I don't know who's in there. And I don't get to judge their hearts. There can be people that go, I don't believe that stuff. But God says there comes a time when you have to leave it. Don't be associated with it. Don't be connected with it. Right? When, when that house of cards comes crashing down, you don't want to be in it. I've, I've always, uh, you know, reading the life of uh, Francis of Assisi, uh-huh. uh, I always considered that guy uh, yeah. a, a, a hardcore Christian. I mean, he really... 
There are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Try to weigh out, you know, unity that's called for in the Bible versus doing what they did. He just didn't adhere to it. He wanted him dead. Right. And yet, right. Yeah, the, the, and there's a lot of them. And, and again, I don't know how many there could. There could be tons and tons of them. Maybe there's not that many. I don't know. But here's another encouragement: is don't cozy up to it either. I think it's easy for us to, even now. How many of us have applauded the lawsuits in favor of abortion? Right, the was it the Sisters of the Poor won a lawsuit. Yeah. Because we know they bring money. That Catholic Church brings money to a lawsuit. They're probably going to win it. Right? We, we can get cozy with that. We can get intoxicated with that. The money, the power that's behind that, even for a good cause. How many of us were like, Amy Coney Barrett, Catholic on the Supreme Court. It's easy. Power. You can get drunk on the power. Don't. God's going to bring it down. You don't want to be anywhere near it. I don't celebrate it. I'm not excited by it. Because God's going to bring it down. Don't get intoxicated. We're, We're done.